It's been said that nothing is more financially educational and entertaining than the total financial hour, except possibly two total financial hours. <gasps> you don't mean? Yep. The Total Financial Hour with host Arif Halaby is now two hours, Sundays 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Oh my gosh! Great Scott! Learn about your financial power. The Total Financial Hour, uh, two hours with host Arif Halaby, Sundays 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. here on AM 870, The Answer. The Total Financial Hour is brought to you by Total Financial Solutions. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now, higher income strategy. Learn from the total financial Arab hour. Halibut. Thanks for being with us. I'm Eric Halaby. You're listening to AM870, The Answer. It's always nice to be with you this time of the day. Talking about your family's finances, of course, helping you get out of debt, manage money, plan for the future. Uh, when we say manage money, it's not the same thing as your broker managing money, right? You wouldn't say, oh, honey, we just got a pay raise because I did a real lousy job at work. Oh, 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 really? You did? You wouldn't tell your, your spouse, hey, listen, they doubled my income at work. Like, oh, that's kind of nice. Thanks. I, yeah, I lost the biggest account that we had. Uh, I made a mistake on the manufacturing and we had to redo the entire project all over again. So they gave me a pay raise. Now, look, you know that's silly, but why are you paying a fee to your broker when they just lost 10% of your money or a third of your money or half of your money or whatever the number is? Their job is to to make you money or it should be because you're paying them. I, I don't know. Maybe you're paying them just to hold your money. My concern is this. I saw a commercial recently uh, and... There are a lot of really good marketing and advertising agencies out there. I mean, look, you could watch TV. Some of them are very good. Where's the beef? Remember that? You could tell me. who did. You may not have bought more hamburgers, but you can tell me it's Wendy's. Right? Have it your way. Right? These things, we remember that. Zoom, zoom. Where is that? You remember that whether or not you buy the product is different. But when you have your retirement account in a place where, the, where they say, we get paid when you, we make more money when you make more money. Well, that's nice. That means you charge me a greater fee when you make me money. So let's talk about the other side. Everybody's happy on the honeymoon. Everybody's happy when they get, when they get a pay raise, when they got a bonus. Everybody's happy when, they, when things are going well. But when things aren't going well, when, when the world stage is confusing, you, you heard Dennis just a minute ago. It was very kind of him to to say that, uh, to do that commercial for us, uh, because I want you to understand, we have been telling you about this. It's not a secret. When you're at all-time highs, just look at the charts. It's not a secret. Uh, this is all available to everybody. We don't live or die by any of these charts, but, but your brokers usually do. They, they try to point out some real secret you know, formulas that they have. So be very careful, guys, because this is your life savings. What do they do? Oops, I'm sorry. And then they go on and still take their vacation or drive their fancy car or, or live in their fancy, expensive home. But what about you? You're the one that's worked for this money back when they could even spell financial. You were working for this money when they were chasing kids around the, the junior high school playground, now called middle school, I guess. You were working for this money and sacrificing. And for some reason, when you, the brokers lose your money, they think they deserve to still be paid. Right? Most of you would fire somebody who did a crummy job at their, at their work. Or you would be fired if you were an employee and did a crummy job. So the difference is not about, at least I don't think, it's not about how bad somebody is or how good somebody is. I think it should be about, are they doing their job? And if they're doing their job, great. If they are not, then maybe it's time to find a new financial professional. I think we're good. This is what we do. We keep your money safe. My job is to find, help you find an account that works better for you, that includes safety, where we protect the principal and the interest. We're going to get reasonable rates of return, somewhere between zero and 12. That's about it. We're not going to hit home runs. You're not going to see 20s and 30s. If you were in the market and the market did that, maybe you would get that, but not with us. Okay, that's one of the trade-offs. And our goal is to keep things simple and easy to understand. A client came in recently and sat down and said, you know, I had a meeting with my broker and 
went through a big old pile of paperwork and envelopes and financial stuff. And, and she said, and he put together this report for me. I said, oh, great. She goes, here, you want to look at it? I said, sure, I'll take a look at it. I don't know. We'll see what it is. I look at the report, and it has pie charts and uh, big words like diversification. Okay, well, we kind of know what that means, but big explanations about uh, the volatility index, and it used, as, used the word VIX, V-I-X. It talked about correlation, negative and positive and well, all of those things are wonderful. But if you're somebody who goes to work or who's retired and this isn't your industry, what good does it do you to have a report from an industry that is very focused on making you feel not that smart? What's the purpose of it? I think the purpose is that report is to make you think that you need them. Maybe. Maybe that's, maybe you do need them. But you see, when I asked her and her husband, I said, oh, do you guys understand this? What does it mean? What does it say? She goes, we have no idea. And he kind of chuckled. He, he's a bit more quiet, at least at the beginning of the meeting. She was a little bit more vocal. And she said, we have no idea. And he kind of chuckled. And I said, so, so what was the conclusion when you looked at this report? He said, after the, and he chimed in, he said, after uh Looking at the first half of the first page, I realized I had no clue what what the rest of this thing was going to say. So I just kept my mouth quiet, uh, shut, and, and nodded. I just smiled. I said, wow. You know, a lot of this is about your future. It shouldn't be about the company or the broker's future. Who cares if it's the largest company in the world? If you lost my money, there is no consolation. Oh, well, this company has 75 offices in 15 states. Wonderful, and you still lost my money. Uh, the, the market is doing a, you know extraordinary. Yeah, and you still lost my money, and I paid a fee for that. So I want you to, to take this down to a simpler level. If you want risk, you want uh, um, taking a chance, right? If you want that speculation, great. Nothing wrong with that. You can go to any casino, and play the, the tables or the cards. In fact, I've met some professional gamblers over the years, and they say you have to have a lot of money to start. So when you're learning and you're making mistakes, you can go down and lose some of that, but you have to have enough money to stay in the game long enough to eventually make your money back and then do very well if, you're, if you have some skill. Well, that's wonderful, but this is your retirement. You cannot go backwards and make the time back. So I think there's some issues right now and probably in the next two years, if not longer. There's uncertainty with the elections. Uh, the market does not like the Democrats taking control of the House. I guess you can say, oh, my gosh, Arab, that's so partisan. It, it isn't me speaking. Look at the polls. The more the Democrats look like they're doing better, they, they may take over the House. I don't think they're going to take over the Senate. I don't think anybody even believes that. Uh, my prediction right here, right now, of course... I listen to a lot of people like you on both sides. I think the Republicans will have 54 seats in the Senate. That's what I think. They might do more. It's a little bit of a stretch. Some say 52, 53 is the, is the right number. I think it's going to be 54, maybe 55. It depends on uh, you know a few things. I think North Dakota's in the bag. I think uh, we'll see on the turnout how many illegal votes, uh, illegals and illegal votes happen in, in Texas, whether or not beta... Beto takes over. Uh, who, who that's, he's not really Hispanic. It's Robert. But he goes by, uh, you know, Hispanic name. I think that's funny. No different than uh, our, our wonderful former mayor in Los Angeles, Villaraigosa, right? That's not his real name. You know, he had some financial issues and some, some criminal issues or, or, or accusations and some other problems, financial. And so he just changed his name to his wife's name. He made some version, right? He just merged his... His name with his wife's. So he's kind of a different person. Right? If you don't realize the sneakiness in some of these folks, but it isn't different in the rest of the community. It's just that these people, I think, that are running our, our, our government, they don't have any clue in the financial world. Right? They just say things. 
say things to get elected. They don't know. They don't believe it necessarily, I don't think. So how is it that you're going to take care of? I think the Democrats taking control of the House is a fear that the markets don't know how to deal with. Maybe it will do better. I don't know. But they, they don't know how to deal with it. I think also the near certainty of another rate hike by the Federal Reserve this year, I think housing sales are, are slow. Look, take a look around. We had two people, two, this week come into my office that were laid off from the real estate world. One was an appraiser. One was a uh, lender. They were laid off in this last week. That's unheard of. Right? When there are 6 million jobs available, why are we seeing two people get laid off? I'm just a little microcosm of a company, right? I'm not the entire United States. But I can tell you something is happening with the real estate market. I don't know. I think the near certainty of another rate hike this year is going to keep the markets not so happy. Trade dispute. You've heard me talk about a trade dispute before as a, as a way in which, like, like let's explain it. Right? Most people can't even spell tariff. They don't even know what it means. So let's make this clear. The president of the United States was President Obama. He owned a store. Let's call it a big box store, Obama Mart. Right? Obama Mart is a big store, and he allowed people in the, that worked for the company in the back to steal about $1,000 a month out the back door. But we were such a big company, it didn't really matter. Obama Mart sold lots of products, lots of goods and services all across the world. Yeah, you know, we know those people are stealing $1,000, but, you know, they're poor and they're, they're hungry and they're small and we're big and we can afford that. And those employees stealing out the back door were people like China and the European Union and Mexico and Canada. But now that those people stealing out the back door live in amazing homes, by the way, they're beautiful, they're big. These are now wealthy employees. They may not be as wealthy as Obama Mart, but the United States is much wealthier than Canada. So there's a guilt, right? When you have guilt, I used to see it when I was a policeman in West LA. The homeless people that would beg off, the, off of uh, Sunset and the 405 freeway. Unbelievable, the amounts of money. They would have $50 bills in their pocket. I'm going back 30 years. $50 bills. That means you realize when you pull up in your Rolls Royce and you hand out money, you're not asking for change. right? The guy doesn't have the little change belt like the old uh, you know, ice cream man. Here's your quarters. It's not how it works. People are giving 20s and 10s. Well, that's nice. But 50s? So homeless people that that were smart, know to go to places where there's a significant amount of guilt based on their wealth. No different than President Obama was with the United States. And as that shift started happening, and we started seeing that those people were doing pretty darn good. One particular gentleman we, we stopped, I may have told this story, I don't recall if it was on this show. It was an elderly gentleman. Me and my partner were stopped. Stopped at Sunset and the 405 freeway at a light. And we had received a call of a, a lost elderly adult walking through traffic. So we're waiting and we look over. So you just kind of take a look. You see what's going on before you have to pull up. And it turns out he's begging for money. He's walking into traffic, asking for money, tips his hat, wearing a suit coat. Very nice gentleman. So we pull up and we find, try to find out, is he lost? Is he okay? First of all, sir, you can't be walking into traffic. This is dangerous. So by talking to him, first he pretended not to speak English. And imagine that he did. And we found out he had a nice car, about a three-year-old car right around the corner. He lived in a nice home in North Hollywood. And he had $500 in his pocket, $500 as he was trying to find his, his ID. So this is not a new phenomenon, this white guilt or, or uh, financial guilt or success guilt, whatever you want to call it. So now Obama Mart is sold and Trump Mart comes along and he says, you guys can't be stealing out of the back of this place. L listen, stealing is wrong. You guys are already successful. You're already, you're already living in nice homes. You have a beautiful country of your own economy, you have your own financial well-being. So we're changing the rules and here are the rules. You can't steal anymore. 
not a thousand, but we'll still let you steal three hundred dollars out the back. And everybody's, oh, how dare you allow these other countries to only steal three hundred dollars? You see, a tariff says you guys can't be taking money out of the back door anymore. When we were so powerful and had no damage after World War II, and the rest of Europe was decimated, and Japan was decimated, and China was, you know, still medieval, basically. We said, "Hey, listen, we're going to play fair. We don't want to have such a disparity between our wealth and the rest of the world. So we're going to give you guys a little bit of a cushion. We're going to buy your products. We're going to promise to buy a certain amount of your products at the detriment of our farmers and manufacturers, by the way." But today, they don't need our help anymore. I mean, you guys understand, just travel to any of these countries for 15 minutes after you land, or even if you circle the, the airport once or twice. The wealth is back in Germany. The wealth is back in France and, and England. It's just incredible. So a tariff is finally somebody saying, enough is enough, guys. And yet the President Trump, uh, President Trump is still saying, it's okay to steal $300 out of the back door. I would like fair trade where nobody's taken anything. Everybody works on a fair playing field. We think that's about right. And, and I, think, I think that's a good goal. A lot of folks don't think they can compete anymore in the United States, that we don't have the, the foundation. If we do, if it does happen, you'll see the right economy come back in, in an even stronger force. But I think the trade dispute with China that may not end anytime soon. And I think that's part of the conversation of why the markets are doing what they're doing. China needs to save face, much more important than the dollar or the yuan. They need to save face. They need to look proper for the rest of the world. They need to make sure they, they retain some class and credibility on the world stage, not saying that's wrong or right. That's just what has to happen. So when you negotiate with them, you have to understand that that's one of their main uh, objectives is to receive that at the end of this conversation or this negotiation. And when it's all done, the agreement, they still say face. And looking as if they win, that's the key. And by the way, isn't it interesting? President Trump is the same way. President Obama wasn't. He, he was willing to take the shame of the United States. Remember his apology tour where he went to uh, Egypt to think that if he could just say sorry, you know, we would stop having uh, Islamic terrorism, right? I don't know if it worked or not. Didn't seem that way. So keep in mind that the conversation about keeping your money safe is very important. There are a variety of products and services. There are banks and insurance companies. Those two organizations, their job is to put money into the economy and take money out of the economy. It was created after the big collapse of, I want to say it was 1908, but uh, let's see what it was. I think it was 1908, 1908, 1903, right around that period of time. It was Oh, the panic of 1907. That was pretty close. Huh? The panic of 1907, bankers panic. What that meant was the financial crisis that took place over a three-week period of time was part of the reason that the Bank of the United States collapsed. And today we have the Federal Reserve. So it, there still is the Bank of Japan, the European Central Bank, the Bank of China. There still are those banks that are controlled by the politicians. The United States, after failing twice now in 1907, said, you know what, enough is enough. We're going to trust wealthy Americans. I know, bite your tongue. We're going to trust the rich, the Rothschilds, the Vanderbilts. Today, who are they? Right, the J.P. Morgans, right? Today, who are they? Anderson Cooper. You ever see that guy on CNN? Yep. He's part of the ownership. His family is part of the ownership of the Federal Reserve. Oh, surprise. Warren Buffett. In 2009, when President Obama says, we're going to save some banks and we're not going to save others, uh, Warren Buffett, you decide which ones we're going to save. So part of his team decided they're going to get rid of Washington Mutual, IndyMac Bank, and a few others. Of course, you understand I'm, I'm summarizing, right? So when you, get, when you send me the emails, hey, if you don't understand, there was a negotiation process that took place over the course. Yeah, I get it. I'm giving you the summary, folks. And during that period of time, Bank of America stock was 4 5 6 $8, whatever it was a share. So Warren Buffett... Just before he submits his report to the president, goes out and buys massive amounts of shares of Bank of America stock. 
And he says, I think we should keep Bank of America. Oh, surprise, it went up in price. The others went down. Now, I don't know if Warren Buffett is and his team are sneaky, did that on purpose. I don't know. Just telling you the facts, what happened. So who owns the Federal Reserve today? It's the shareholders of B of A. It's the 12 different banks across the country, uh, the central banks, right? So the point is, those organizations aren't always in favor of, of keeping the economy moving in a, such a way where we don't have inflation. Their goal, their stated goal is 2% inflation a year. That means today, if you have something that's worth $100, next year, it's only going to be worth $98. The goal is to have your money go down in value. You call that normal. Folks, we went through 20 years where there wasn't inflation. In the mid-50s, I think, if I'm not mistaken, the 40s and 50s, right in that period of time. We went through years where there was just kind of an average, hey man, a dollar is a dollar is a dollar. Today, there's more money printed than ever. But you know what's more? There's more electronic money than there is printed money. I'm going to be close on the numbers. I think it's $6.3 trillion in electronic, right? Your bank account. If you have $10,000 in your bank account, there, there isn't a drawer with your name on it at, at the credit union or the bank that says, oh, this is Arif's 10000 Nobody touch it with a, a bunch of 1s and 10s and 20s in there. It isn't. You, you have that as, a, as, an, as an asset for yourself and a liability for the bank. That means the bank, at any one time you walk in and say, give me my 10000 they have to give you your 10000 right? So there's only about $3.5 trillion of physical dollars and about 6.1, 6.3 of electronic. So there's a lot more money that's promised that floats around in the air that transfers from my bank account to yours, to my mortgage, to your car payment, to your whatever, transferring electronically all over the place than the physical dollars are. So these are important things. When the big depression or, or you know, the 1907 bank collapse, most people didn't have money in the bank. Most people weren't in the stock market. It was the very few. It was the wealthy. So when, when you receive word that, hey, the banks are collapsing, and you're like, yeah, it doesn't matter. We've got to mow, you know, mow the back 40. We have to plow the fields. We've got to plant the whatever. We don't care. We've got stuff going on. So there was little impact in the rest of society. That's why in 1929, when the collapse came, it was a much bigger impact because more Americans now thought they were smart investors and just put money in the market. And the crooks on the other side created companies that didn't really exist, right? Many people bought companies, bought stock in companies that didn't even exist. There was no way to check it out. That's why there's a lot of regulation now and if a company wants to go public and wants to be accountable, well, then it has to follow these rules. All right, so the reason I'm sharing this with you is because I don't think volatility is gone anytime soon. I think there's a huge crisis and I believe that the Democrats have decided, I think they decided a long time ago, but I believe they decided that they would prefer to sink the ship and rebuild it with the pieces that are left than to go out and allow the president to have wins. The same thing that he's talking about today, economically, socially, were things that Hillary Clinton spoke about in 2007, 2008. Same thing that President Obama spoke about in 2009, 2010. There isn't any difference except it's coming out of his mouth. So the vitriol, the hate, the disgust they have for the president has blinded the left media. It has blinded even some financial people, right? The economics, one plus one is two, whether you're a Democrat or Republican, it doesn't matter. There's good people on all sides. But there's enough people out there that are allowing their hate and vitriol to go and in turn change one plus one and say, well, it all depends. Case in point, a male is a male. Why? Because of physiological reasons. And a female is a female because of physiological reasons. 
And when the president says we're going to use that as a definition, they come along hate and and disrespect for the LGBTQ XYZ community. And, you know, and, you know, if I was one of those letters, I would be insulted that you're just being used and abused and common sense is missing its point. It just seems like they're forgetting the fact that physiologically that controls it. But because it comes from President Trump, oh, my gosh, we must hate him. All right, we're going to come back in just a minute. I'm going to give you some definitions of safety. When I say safety and protection, what does that mean? And what are the benefits and what are the drawbacks? Because there's some downsides to everything. How do we protect what we've earned for so long? And how, how do we grow that? How do we make sure that we're in the right place? Well, we have those answers for you when we come back. On the Total Financial Hour, I'm Eric Hallaby. Give me a call at 888-99-RETIRE, 888-997-3847. On AM870, The Answer. Learn from Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial. Oh, hey, welcome back. Thanks for staying with me. Love this song, Jimmy Carnelli. I think he does Frank Sinatra better than Frank Sinatra. You've heard me say that. I know that's like saying it's it's a sin. I get it, but but uh, I do love his voice. Triple eight ninety nine retire. Triple eight ninety nine retire. Nine nine seven three eight four seven. I'll give you that so you can also call during the air, but a lot of folks call during the week, and I appreciate that because you get a hold of us. Sometimes you have a quick question. Maybe we can help. Sometimes you say, hey, here's my situation. Uh, do you think safety is important for, for my scenario? And sometimes the answer is no. You know, about one out of five or so, uh, one out of six, depends on the, you know, whatever the week, I'll say, hey, look, I think you're fine where you are. There's nothing that we can do to change, or this isn't something that, that works for you because part of safety it's defined as protecting some part or all of your retirement from market declines. How do you know how much to put? Well, there's a couple of ways to do it. First of all, you've got to look and say, uh, if the markets, uh, you know, historically, let's say it takes, uh, Oh, I don't know, five years for the market to return to what it once was. That's about right. If you go back the last, uh, 18, 15, 18 years, you'll see that the markets go down, very quickly, within a year or two, they're down very low. And it takes about five, six, seven years to get back above where it was just before it collapsed. So in other words, you're looking at a period of time of five or six or seven years of income that you want to protect. So you might say, all right, I need 50000 a year from my accounts times six years, 400, uh, 300, 400000 you, you just decide. And that 300000 is what you're going to protect. That's what you're going to... So that if all heck breaks loose, you still have money available to live. That's very important so that you say, I'm not going to let the economy, the market, I'm not going to let that dictate when or how I retire. One of the biggest mistakes people make, and we're dealing with this literally right now, is people that retired in the last 6 to 12 months. Because they committed to things like buying an RV or a vacation home. They committed to things that were very expensive, high payments, but it didn't matter because the market's up and they're using the bank's money and it's, it's all gravy and nobody's losing and it's life is good. And well, that's nice when things are good. I don't want you to be looking at this and saying, well, uh, because the, the commitments you made were when times were good. What do you do when times are not going to be good? And we don't know how long this downturn is going to last. And frankly, it doesn't matter. Because our client's money is protected from market declines. That means principal and interest. There are plenty of really good places to put your money in the world. But when you look at the market, you have to realize that the money that's there goes up and down. That means sometimes you've done very well, sometimes you didn't. Regardless of what your medical needs are, regardless of what you feel like, regardless of where you choose to live or what your lifestyle is going to be like in retirement, you and I have almost nothing to do with the ups and downs of the market. So, so don't add value to it. A gentleman was in my office recently, and he says and he wants to be a trader. That's his, his goal. So I said, why are you here? We're the opposite of that. We're the safe guys. He said, well, because I want to be a trader. I'm learning to trade options. And I said, great. I used to trade options. I used to teach it. It was a lot of fun. He says, okay, yeah. So uh, 
I just want to protect my retirement income. I said, so what are you going to do over there with the options trading and what you're doing as a new broker potentially? He said, well, that is going to be my retirement gambling money. But my food, shelter, clothing, that's going to be protected over here. Okay, that's fine. We'll, we'll take care of the safe part. You take the risk, and at least you know no matter what, you weren't going to be homeless, and certainly you're going to have a meal at least once or twice today. Right? So that's okay. The benefits of taking risk in the U.S. economy is often the ability to deduct your fees and your losses. So if you take a risk, the U.S. Uh, tax system, the, the, the laws are set up. So if you speculate, you take a risk, you swing hard and you miss... Nobody's going to give you your money back, but at least whatever the government can do, which is a deduction on your, your income, it's called a loss carry forward, right? You can put that on your taxes. You can write off the money. It, it didn't work out. Can you do that with your retirement account? No. That means you take risk with your retirement account and the benefits of the risk, which is a deduction in your, of, of fees, which is a write-off of your losses, you're not able to take on your taxes. That's most people. I'm going to tell you, get a CPA's advice, right? Check with a a tax professional. You're going to find what I'm saying is mm, 100% right. (laughs) Because I don't want you to think. So so this is what I I want you to go off of. If rich people make the rules, right? I, I don't mean riches and a lot of money in their pockets because many politicians are broke trying to tell you how to spend your money, but rich in their mindset, right? They control money, they control, they influence, they lobby our politicians, they lobby the presidents, and they push for certain ideas. So if rich people make those rules, and they make the rules, and we would all agree, to benefit themselves, their friends, and their family, that's pretty obvious. And the rules say that if you have losses in your retirement account, you are not allowed to redu- uh, reduce uh, uh, your taxes in- accordingly. If you pay fees in your retirement, tough luck, unless you write a check. And how many of you, every month or every quarter, are sending a check to your, your broker? You don't do that. They used to do that, by the way. They used to come to you at the end of the year and say, hey, listen, we made you $10,000, give us two. And you go, okay, here's two. But they were getting a lot of resistance and probably other reasons, they'll tell you, for your convenience, we're going to just deduct it from your retirement account. And when they do that, you're not allowed to write it off on your taxes. And that's, I have not met anybody who writes a check at the end of each quarter or each year for their IRA or their 401k. It comes right out of your account. So the rules are written by wealthy people that you're not allowed to reduce uh, your taxes uh, or, or deduct it. So some might deduce that maybe that's not where a big chunk of the retirement money for wealthy Americans are put. If they're making the rules, why wouldn't they make the rules to benefit themselves and their friends and their family? Well, I think they would. So maybe they're not doing that. Second, safety is very important because in retirement accounts that are in the stock market, these benefits are not allowed. Very important. Where can you put your money where you don't have fees and risk? We've talked about that before. We like fixed products. I wouldn't put everything in any one place with any one broker. I think you should uh, at least spread things out a little bit. Check to see. Ask your broker, hey, if I give you all of my retirement money, uh, would you manage it? Of course, they're going to say yes. I'll tell you what, Mr. and Mrs. Broker, I want to give you just one account. I want to give you just... 25% of my retirement account. See how you do. Come back in six months or a year. See what, then I'll decide if I'm going to give you the rest of it. Many of them say, if we don't have all of it, we don't want any of it. Wow. That's kind of interesting. My job is not to make you rich. If any broker, any financial institution, any commercial on television tells you they're going to make you wealthy, I think you should ask them, then why are you broke? <laughs> why, why do you have, uh, you know, your mom and dad, okay, I get it. You're still working. You're young. I, I understand that. But you better have made your parents wealthy because that's what a decent human being does. And if they're not, they're not around or, or if they're 
have passed away, then you better make your sister, brother, cousin, mother, somebody, somebody happy in your life by making them wealthy. Because if that's what you think you can do, if that's what you're supposed to do with my money, then you better have done it with somebody else's money that's more important to you than me. Otherwise, I'm not that important. I know that. I just met you. But Mr. Broker, if you said you're going to make me rich, are you at least there yet yourself? And they're going to say, well, that's not, 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 okay, that's right. So your broker's job is not to make you rich. Let's be clear. I'm okay with that. Then what is their job? It's to keep your money because that's how they get paid because people are paid for a job. I just want you to go logic with me for a minute. Math and logic. Those are my two favorite things. Our job is not to make you rich. It's to keep you from being broke. Now, my first four, five, six years, maybe maybe plus or minus in this industry, that's not how I felt because I was told by my bosses that you should expect a 12% rate of return in the market. Remember those days back in the 90s? 12% average return. And if you're, you know, a balanced uh, fund, equity index, bond index, right? Fund, okay, then we'll do 10. Oh, if you're doing a bond fund, we should expect six or eight. Remember those numbers? And I let me tell you, from 96 to 2000, we were right. So I had no reason to doubt my bosses, my managers. When they told me to tell you, we were right. Until we weren't. And when you came along and said, Eric, you're so smart, I agreed with you. I said, yes, I am. Darn it. <laughs> look at me. Look at you. Until we weren't. And if I was taking credit when the market went up, right? If that's what we did, your broker takes credit when the market went up, right? If you, if you just met with them a month ago and they said, look at what I got you. Look at your account. You are up this much. Look what I did. If they did that, then you need to call them up tomorrow. And say, that's wonderful that you made me so much more money. Except um, in the last week or two, I've lost money. So if you took credit before, what are you taking now? And they better take the blame. So you see, I had to do that in March and April, May and June of 2000. When you came to me and you said, Arif, remember you said you were so smart before. What happened now? So I had to do a soul-searching thing, right? A man in his early 30s back then had to look around and say, well, maybe, just maybe, I wasn't that smart. Maybe we didn't have anything to do with the market going up because I certainly didn't have anything to do with it going down because I wouldn't have chose that if, if that was the case. So you better ask your broker and your financial professional, look, if... What I am giving you is my life savings. How do I protect it? You guys, this is important. This isn't fancy charts and graphs and pie charts and colors and percentages and big words and things that you kind of understand because you've heard it three times before in your life, but you're going to nod and smile and fur your brow and just go, mm, mm, <laughs> yeah, of course I understand what you mean, Mrs. Broker. Oh, look at how well-dressed you are. Look, oh, my gosh, look at this office. is amazing. You must be doing something right. Make sure you're careful because our job is not to make you rich. My job is to keep you from being broke. You've accumulated your wealth. Now the purpose is to protect it. To keep yourself from going backwards is pretty darn important because timing of retirement is not something you want to be subject to somebody else. You don't want to say we were just about ready. We were building our vacation home or we were building our retirement home in Pismo Beach. We have a client doing that now. No problem. They can do it. Their money's protected. Hey, we're building a, uh, a vacation home in Idaho. No problem. You can do it. Your money's protected. As opposed to saying, oh, you know what? You just lost $100,000. So that money that you thought you had that you were going to use to build that vacation home or to add on to your, your kitchen right now. I know your kitchen's a mess and it's torn apart, but you got to stop. You have to wait for the market to come back. So hopefully you have a roof on that, that new addition. That doesn't happen with us. Our job is to keep you from going broke. You don't want the stock market, real estate market, bond market, 
supermarket. You don't want any of them deciding when you should retire or how. So that's the difference, guys. Right? This is important because this is your life. It's not mine. My job is as a guardian, as a protector. It's to keep your money safe. Going backwards is not our option. We might get a zero. That means you may earn nothing next year. It happens. Maybe the next year you'll earn 10%. Maybe it's two. Maybe it's four. But every year we either go up or we stay the same. And once we lock in those gains, they don't go backwards. So if you made 5% this year, well, it's now 5%. That's it. We never go backwards. If you put in 100, it's 105. It's now 105. Next year it goes negative. Well, we have 105 and we start all over again. Some of the risks that I see out there, I just saw this recently. A client came in Friday and they said, you know, Arif, one of the accounts that I had actually doesn't pay interest for three years. I was surprised. What? I've heard of two years. I've heard of five, but I've never seen a company that doesn't pay interest for three years. Because they said, oh, I have the same thing you do, Eric, that indexed annuity, that same thing you talked about. Oh, okay. Well, let's see it. Well, that's not true. They didn't pay interest for three years. And they paid or charged an income rider fee. I said, what? So you paid a fee anyway. So you don't get the gains and you're paying a fee. So, of course... I was respectful. I'm not going to be a jerk. Uh, You know, this is their money. But I was a little bit perturbed that that a broker would try to would promise them something on the left hand, but deliver the right. Eh, It doesn't seem right. Something's wrong. So we had to help them. We rescued their account. We upgraded it to an account where they received a bonus. They actually made some extra money in that account. They don't pay fees anymore. And they got out of the, the craziness of earning interest every three years. And in this case, they, they earn interest if, it's, if the market's up every 12 months. So that is very important. Unless you're somebody that sells when the market's up. And most people don't. They go, we're rich, we're poor. We made it, we're up. We're down, we're lost. That's what most people do. With us, it isn't you know, an elevator that's up and down. And so like musical chairs, right? Where is the music going to stop? When I pull my money out, is the market going to be high, low, all-time low, all-time high? That is not how it works with us. We are an escalator. We go up, slowly, we sideways, up, slowly, sideways, right? That's what we do. If you guess correctly, right, you guys know what the FANG, F-A-N-G, FANG stocks are? Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, Google, right? You can add a couple more in there as well. Tesla had some runs for a while. But most of the, the three, four, five, six, eight companies controlled the entire S&P 500. So in other words, if those four, five, six, eight companies did well, then the top 500 stock, the S&P 500 did well. But if those companies, if those few technology uh, companies do well, uh, do bad, then all of the S&P 500 could go negative. Meaning you might think that you have 500 stocks, 500 companies, 500 well-placed organizations, well-managed. But when you put your money in the market, there's only six or eight of them that control a big percentage of the ups and downs of the market. That's not what we do. I'm not going to, don't come to me with, with your Bitcoin ideas. I love them. It's great. It sounds exciting. I just have, I don't have any time to figure it out. I'm not interested in learning. It's just, it's just not my thing. Right? You might you might be amazing, but I, I don't understand it. Don't come to me and say, Arif, here's my portfolio. What do you think? Should I invest 14%, 18% in uh, international equities? I don't know. That's not, that's not my thing. I'm not an expert in that area. Be an expert in finding experts. That's the only thing you should be good at. You should be good. No, you should be great at being an expert in finding people that are experts in their field. You don't ask your car mechanic to fix your roof. But he's good with his hands. Well, that's great. He looks dirty. Those guys get dirty. It must be good, right? That's fine. He might look like a roofer, but he's a car mechanic. I want you to fix my car. Make sure the brakes on my car, I want an expert to fix the brakes on my car. If I'm driving up the grapevine, if I'm driving to Lake Tahoe, if I'm driving... 
you know, cross country. I want the brakes done on my car, not by a guy or a gal who does other things like fixes transmissions. Oh, no. Listen, this person uh, added an, added a, a, an addition to my house. Amazing. We, we got a bedroom. We have a couple bathrooms. They did a great job. So I also asked him to fix my brakes. I, I mean, you get how silly that is? So when you're working, when your food, shelter, and clothing, food, shelter, clothing, when that comes from your income, from your job, your payroll, then your retirement assets can go up and down because you don't need them to live on. We don't care if they're down. doesn't matter. Every two weeks, I'm putting money in my 401k. It's buying more shares. Oh, it's up. Oh, great. I've made some money. Every two weeks, you're depositing money in your retirement account. Great. But as you're shifting and you're getting closer to retirement, then you want more of your money safe because you can't be in retirement and expect, hey, today we, uh, hey, honey, this month we're making $10,000 in our retirement. She's like, great. This is good. Oh, sorry. You know what? We lost money in our retirement. So this month we make 2000 in our retirement income. You can't live if your income has wild swings in it. So that means you have to start taking out the principal. That means the money you've put in. It cannot earn any more interest. It's gone. It's dead. You spent it. So your food, shelter, clothing, when it starts to come from your retirement assets, your savings, your dollars, then you cannot afford the wild swings up and down. Let that happen if you're depositing every two weeks or every month. That's fine. Because your food, shelter, clothing comes from your payroll, from your job, from your paycheck. Now, you might say, oh, this sounds really simple, Arif. That's because it is. It's so simple that, believe it or not, there's, there are no monthly fees. We get paid, and we get paid well. Uh, you know, I'm not complaining at all. But we're paid from the profits of the insurance company. That's the reason that they cap your rate of return, because they need to make a profit. And they pay us, and they pay their electric bill. So if you put in money into your retirement account with us, it says the same amount or more, depending if you received a bonus, as it did the day before you put it in. Same thing. 100000 is a hundred. Fifty is 50. 20 is 20. 500000 is 500. Nothing changes. If you put it into the market and your broker's charging a 5% fee, which is probably lower than some, five and a quarter, five and a half, maybe more or less, on whatever you deposit, and you put in 100000 the next day, you say, give it all back to me. They sell it at a wholesale price. You buy it at retail, you sell it back to them at wholesale. So they give it to you at 95000 Because your money goes to pay the broker and their electric bill. And, and then every year they charge you a fee back on that 95000 This is important because you have to earn a higher interest rate on ninety five just to get it back to 100 because it's less money. So with us, you could earn a lower interest rate than the market and actually have more money than what's in the market because you're not making back the fees that you paid the broker. So for us, the way it works is the companies are earning a profit. I promise you, they will make money. Don't feel bad for them. Insurance companies are masters at risk. Insurance companies manage risk across the nation across multiple spectrums. You don't trust a speculator, which is the market, to manage risk. Now, you can trust a speculator if you want to try to hit a home run. That's great. That's their job. But don't trust a speculator to manage risk and to be safe. One is a bit more cautious. One is a bit, well, a lot more risky. So the amount of money that you want safe, that's what Total Financial Solutions does. All right, don't confuse us. There's some really good guys out there and and ladies that manage risk. That's their job. You want to speculate. You want to try to hit home runs. You want to be a bit more creative and buy whatever the Bitcoins of the world or the the stocks and the international whatever. That's great. That's somebody else's job. Our job is to protect your principal and to keep things reasonable. You know, you're going to get three to six. That's kind of four, two, six, one, right in those numbers, eight. That's our average. The most you're going to receive is about 10 or 12, though. Don't think it's going to be greater than that. 0 to 10, 0 to 12. We've seen higher, but if you just keep your expectations reasonable, I think you've got a better shot of not being disappointed. 
All right. Total Financial Solutions, that's our company. Thank you for being with us. We have a lot of great loyal listeners. I appreciate you guys. Uh, it's nice to hear from you, and, and I do. I hear from you every week. You can always give us a call at 888-99-RETIRE. That's 888-997-3847. That's 888-997-3847. Always give us a call if you have a question, if you want to set up a time to meet. I'd love to do that too. And you always meet with me, by the way. You don't, we don't have a staff of uh, brokers. I am the one that you meet with. We have a couple of offices, uh, four to be exact, across the Southern California to meet with you at different times of the week. I'm in different places. Thanks for being with me. I appreciate you every week. Enjoy the week. God bless you and be safe. Total Financial Solutions on AM870, The Answer. This is the Total Financial Hour. See you next week. Learn about financial power, the Total Financial Hour. The Total Financial Hour is brought to you by Total Financial Solutions. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.